This is the Circle City News with Madison. And Mark, and I would like to take a quick shout out to our sponsor, Law Office of Mark Nicholson. He fights against the travesty of justice and he has made this podcast possible today. everyone this is circle city news today is saturday january 22nd i'm your host ali krotov and i will be hosting today with edie and today we have on attorney deidre haynes and this handsome boy is cheshire <laughs> he insisted on joining today <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then, so I know we talked about this off camera, but how did you get into contact with Mark and how did he kind of like influence your journey with the legal field? Well, I um, had applied for a law school boot camp called iCleo here in Indiana, um, and specifically in Indianapolis. And when I was accepted to the program, Mark Nicholson was one of the mentors or teachers for the program. Um, and as soon as I, I met him, I thought that he had like this big um, personality. And so I was like, I really want to get to know who this particular person is. We have many teachers there, but Mark kind of stood out um, among the crowd. And so from him becoming my mentor, we became really good friends um, before, you know, before I entered into law school. And then uh, because he became my really good friends, I kind of watched out for him um, concerning his personal life, spiritual life, and things of that sort. And so oftentimes I would come to Mark and say, hey, I, I really think that you know this, this particular young lady who is now his wife is going to become your wife. And you know he always would look at me and doubt like, here goes here go Deidre again with all these prophecies. Um, mm -hmm. And that woman did become his wife. His name, her name is Gina. Um, and also in regards to having children and you know how many children he was gonna have, a boy and a girl, and it happened just that way. Um, and then from there, we just became really good friends, like I said. And he, at that time, he, when we graduated from law school, I went and worked for Barnes and Thornburg, uh, which is one of the largest law firms in the state of Indiana. And he went to work for the Public Defender Agency. And that was always his, his passion to help individuals who kind of struggled um, or didn't have enough income to kind of uh, pay for a private attorney. Um, and I always told him, back in law school that um, you will be leaving the public defender agency and we will become practice partners. And uh, like I said, I think he stayed at the PD's office for over 15 or, or about 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. But eventually um, I went out on my own and I would always come by his office and I would say, hey, um, look, I got this big check for the settlement. You know, this could be you too, right? And I was trying to entice him to, to, um, to leave the PD's office. Um, PD's office is a great place, but I wanted my friend to come, come into private practice with me. And, and so I went and found a, a, a building and um, it was just me and my um, legal assistant at the time. But I told my legal assistant, listen, whatever we find, we have to find a, 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 a big enough office space so that Mark Nicholson will join join um, and come you know, out of the PD's office and come into private practice. And so it was weird. I had to pay a little bit more for that extra space, but I actually uh, was adamant about uh, Mark expanding his, his practice and helping those um, you know, in private practice. And so I know I wasn't convincing him over all these years, but uh, I, I felt like if he actually saw the building and saw what his office would look like, right? Maybe I would convince him. And so one day I just said, hey, I, I got the building. Um, and why don't you come? And I didn't say, you know, I got the building. I got your office already you know, set up, right? I said, listen, why don't you just come to my office and uh, we can have lunch? 
So he came there and listen, Ellie, I had the place decked out. It was painted, everything, right? Uh -huh. um, and so when he came, I was like, oh, by the way, let me show you where your office is gonna be at. Um, and I think after that lunch um, occasion that we had, I think he left PD's office within in less than 30 days. And we've been together ever since. Wow. That's awesome. That is a good story. I love so that. I manipulated him, you guys. I manipulated him. <laughs> Honestly, very, that's a really interesting story. And I love that he was a part of your journey um, mm -hmm. in this legal field. So what made you originally want to go into the legal field? Yeah, well, um, two things actually made me go into the legal field. Growing up as a child, I did not know my biological father. Um, I'm 45 years old now. Um, I didn't meet my father until I was 42. And even at that time, um, I wasn't accepted into my father's family. And so when I was growing up, I just vowed that when I become an attorney that I was gonna fight for father's rights because I found out through the journey that it was my mother who kept my father out of my life. And so I just did not want another young child growing up experiencing the hurt, the abandonment, the rejection issues that I felt um, from having a, um, for not having a father in my life. So um, I really do focus my practice on father's rights uh, for that very reason. But also, as I stated earlier, that I worked for Barnes and Thornburg um, and when I was working for that particular law firm, I was working in employment litigation. Then I was also defending corporations. But uh, from that experience, I saw that many uh, individuals were underrepresented. And so when I left Barnes and Thornburg, um, I did not immediately go into private practice. I actually went to theology school to become a pastor. I thought I wanted to become a pastor. Um, Edie, we got a lot to talk about, girl, <laughs> about me <laughs> after what, and what we were talking about earlier today. But yeah. nevertheless, uh, I decided that I wanted to fight for the underdog. And so now I fight for employees who are being discriminated against at the workplace. Wow. That's fantastic. Thank you. Cool. So you practice, I looked on your website, you practice in Indiana. You're located in Indianapolis? Yes, my law firm is located in Indianapolis, Indiana. And my practice area is really around Indianapolis, uh, which is Marion County, Hamilton County, which is more like the Fishers, um, Carmel, Noblesville area, um, and Hendricks County, Boone County. But I, I do practice in the surrounding areas. But my main two areas would be uh, Indianapolis and the Noblesville, Fishers, Carmel area. So how can someone get into contact with you? Um, I have a website. It is www.dnhlawllc.com. They can also contact my law firm directly at 317-982-7396. And I am, I think I'm famously known on Facebook um, in regards to my advertising. And so they can always just uh, go to Facebook, put in my name, Deidre Haynes, and they're there I will be. I have my personal page. I also have my business page. So that's the way individuals can get in contact with me. Perfect. Yeah, we will have all of that linked as well. Okay. And then why did you decide on practicing in Indiana specifically? Okay, so this is a this is a long story, but I did write a book um, in regards to a part of my journey um, as well. It's called The Process of an Undelivered Prophet. It's more spiritual um, than based on the law, but my story is inside that book. 
And um, I did not want to practice in Indiana. I'm originally from Peoria, Illinois, mm -hmm. uh, which is about two and a half hours away from Indianapolis, Indiana. And um, as I was studying for the LSAT, which is the law school examination test to get into law school, my LSAT score was very, very low. Um, I was never a good test taker, but I was an honor student. I always had A's and B's, always on the dean's list. But I guess I just had this anxiety when it came to like standardized testing. And so the LSAT was, was very low and I really struggled with the LSAT. Um, nevertheless, um, I knew that I wanted to go to law school. I knew I had to at least, you know, take this test to even get accepted. So how did I come to Indiana? This is, this is the God heaven's truth. I actually had a dream. In my dream, I wanted to go to the University of Illinois. I'm from Illinois, which is located in um, Champaign, Indiana. So Peoria and Champaign is about 45 minutes away. That really meant I didn't really have to relocate, right? Right. And so I wanted to go to U of I, University of Illinois, okay? Uh, but I had a dream. I was crying and I am a, a very spiritual individual. So I, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe I can be guided by the Holy Spirit. And so I was just asking the Lord to help me decide where he wanted to send me. And um, I actually had a dream. And in the dream, I was in this big, beautiful school um, and I was walking up these stairs, right? And there was this, um, like this poster board but it was like, had a, like a winding, like a, like a jack in the box. You could wind it to kind of find what school you wanted to go to. And I kept winding this like this little, I don't know, winder, trying to find U of I. And mm -hmm. I found it, so U of I. It's like, okay, in my dream, I'm going to U of I. I'm going to University of Illinois. And in the dream, the letters kept switching to I-U. And I'm like, no, that's not where I want to go. I want to go to U of I. And I was arguing in the dream, right? <laughs> trying to get these letters to switch back. Um, eventually woke up. I was really sad, really depressed because um, I really take my dream serious. And I'm like, oh my God, this means I'm not going to U of I. I got to find some school that starts with an I, right? Mm. I, I was very, I was a, you know, a hometown girl, never ever traveled to anywhere outside of Illinois. Um, so I wasn't thinking of Indiana or um, Ohio or Idaho, whatever. Um, mm. But my son, um, he was four or five at the time. He had went to a state fair um, because everyone know I was like stressing out over the LSAT. So everyone like left the house, like leave Deidre alone. She just needs some time to herself. So when my son came back and I had woke up from my dream, he said, yo, mommy, come outside and play. Um, I can't remember the like the basketball game. I think a score or whatever the basketball game is. Um, and um, so I was like, okay, I got to get out of this depression, right? So I went outside to play basketball with my son and he had won a basketball at the, um, the state um, fair, mm -hmm. Illinois State Fair. Um, and the basketball he won was a basketball that had IU on it. So when he threw me the ball, right, I caught the ball to shoot, to shoot the ball in the basket, and it said IU, right, Indiana University. Mm -hmm. And so from there, um, I believe that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, the school is in your hands. And so when I looked out at that basketball and I said, oh my God, IU, I mean, I, I had to find a school that starts with an I, right? Not U of I, but started with an I. And so I, I just threw the ball, ran back in the house and I said, it's Indiana University, right? But God has a sense of humor because there was two Indiana universities, Allie. I'm like, well, which one, God, which one should I go to? There's one in Indianapolis, which is the one I ended up going to, and there's one in Bloomington. Um, mm -hmm. So I did take, um, I did schedule to have two college visits 
um, to those uh, universities, uh, law school universities. And the first school I went to was at um, Indiana University School of Law in Indianapolis. And when I walked in that school, it was exactly what my dream looked like. So I canceled the, the, um, the, the interview that I had at um, the law school in Bloomington, and mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be IU. And so that's how I, that's how I got to Indiana. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> so you mentioned that you do have a son. Um, has anything with your family ever made you form a certain bias or just come between like certain cases for you at any point because you deal with family law? Actually, um, I have a son. He's 25. He's in the military. I have a daughter. She lives in Illinois, um, and she's just kind of working. But uh, my interest in uh, father's rights actually not only was my interest because I didn't have a father, and although my son had a father and he was um, in his life, it wasn't it wasn't active. Mm -hmm. um, and so I that helped me in in regards to determining fighting for father's rights. Um, that I, I saw my son almost going to go through. He didn't have nearly the, the trauma that I went through for not even knowing my father, but it was very close call there, Allie, trust me. Mm -hmm. And so um, having and seeing his relationship with his father also gave me that extra oomph to say, I'm going to fight for father's rights so that fathers can have a right to be in their, their children's lives. Because there's so many things that, that that's behind the scene why fathers don't get in their children's lives. My situation was because my mother kept my father from being involved, but there are many situations where a new girlfriend can keep fathers from being involved in their children's lives. And I saw that that was happening with my, my son and his situation. So I, I said, well, you know what? Um, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And, you know, there, my practice really was developed out of a trauma. Um, mm -hmm. Many many women would probably take the hurt and the pain that they experienced with not having a father, uh, with being in abusive relationships, because that was myself as well, and be very angry towards men. But I just believe that the Lord used all that trauma and that hurt that I went through and, and channeled it for, for the good and said, no, you're not going to be hurt behind it, but I'm going to use this hurt and this pain that you've experienced. I'm going to use it to make, help you make money. So, Wow. Yeah. That is incredibly inspirational because I feel like I would be honestly on the other end. I would be so angry, but it's so good that you can make something so beautiful out of this. Um, and just your message overall, I really, really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so for I myself am interning and trying to get into the legal field. Do you have any recommendations or tips as to like getting into law school preparation or advice in general? Well, getting into law school, it's it's a mystery in and of itself. So you really, it's going to be in regards to consistency and staying focused to get past the LSAT. Mm -hmm. There's no trick to it. Uh, the LSAT for me, like I said, was very hard. It may not be hard for you, um, but stand focused. Um, if that is, because I didn't pass the LSAT on my first try. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I didn't pass the bar on my first try either. It took me two, two um, shots at both of those. Uh, but I was determined. I knew what I wanted to do. And I was not, I'm not a person who just gives up. Um, and so as you're kind of going through this process, have you taken the LSAT yet, Allie? No, I haven't. I'm a sophomore currently. So okay. in undergrad. Okay, great. So when you get to that point, um, if you know that that's, that's the, this is the angle that you want to go, 
let nothing detour detour you. Even if your your uh, LSAT score, you take it as low. You know, we all get low LSAT scores. Mm-hmm. Um, some do, some don't, but don't let that detour you. If that's what you want to do, stay focused, try it again until you get in. Um, and then once you get into law school, um, I, I think you have to learn to channel every uh, negative people out your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to channel and stay focused on your ultimate goal. And one of the big things I would say is interning. You're always, already doing that now with Mark Nicholson uh, Law mm-hmm. Office. Internships kind of gives you, um, I would say, an edge on, in regards to kind of learning the law. So when you get into those law schools, something, um, some of the terminology is not going to be like strange language to you. You're going to think, oh, yeah, I remember my boss talking about this. And mm-hmm. so stay focused. Your consistency is what I, could, I would, uh, my advice to you. Not specifically um, focusing on one particular major, um, like political science or whatever. Focus on what you believe um, that you enjoy, uh, okay. because you want to get your LSATs, you want to get your grade, your grade point average up high as well. Um, just in case you do get a, a lower LSAT, you have uh, that um, edge to say, "Hey, but I do have a 3.8 or 4.0 in a major that I like." So don't try to go into a major that you think law school um, will accept you in because law school does not care. As long as you have, a, they care about your LSAT score um, and they care about your GPA. Okay, great, thank you. And then as far as choosing a location for law school, what would you recommend for, like what are main characteristics that you would look for in choosing a school? Where do you wanna practice? Because uh-huh. you don't want to sit there in a, in a school in California and you know you really want to practice in Illinois because you're going to be learning California law. Right. So I would say decide where you want to practice at and that's where you should go to law school at. Now, uh-huh. doesn't mean that it always ends up that way um, because you can always you know, learn whatever type of law um, in whatever jurisdiction you want to go. But I think that, that would be a good um, deciding factor. If you want to practice in Illinois, then go to a school in Illinois. Um, but there may be situations where you want to practice in Illinois, but an Illinois school doesn't accept you. Just mm-hmm. get into law school and then transfer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that is great advice. Thank you. I actually needed to hear that myself. Um, and then I guess why, so you did mention specifically like family law, but have you ever looked in other areas of law? such as like, I know Mark, like with criminal law, is there anything that interested you in other areas? Yeah, I, like I said, I, I also practice in employment litigation. So I uh, focus on workplace discrimination, dealing with race, um, religion, gender, sex, um, disability. And so, like I said, I was one who actually experienced um, sexual harassment in the workplace. So that geared me in regards to wanting to work in the area of employment litigation. Now, I have dipped my fingertips into criminal law. Um, mm-hmm. I think everyone always thinks criminal law is exciting, and it is, but you have to be, be a very special person to do that. I did it for like three and a half years, um, and I hated it. Uh, but I wanted to be like this female version of a Johnny Cochran, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I decided, oh, I'm just going to leave that to Mark. Mark can be Johnny Cochran. I'm just going to be the female version of Johnny Cochran in family law and employment litigation. I absolutely hated um, criminal law. So another advice I would say to you is don't go into a practice area because everyone else loves that particular area or it sounds exciting because you may end up being miserable. And that's where my life was in criminal law. Now I like, love that, like the low end levels, maybe a DUI or um, uh, a theft or like a low level battery. I'm fine with that. But 
I'm going to leave all those murder trials and manslaughters and burglaries. I'll leave that to Mark. That's, he loves that type of stuff. He hates family law. He thinks, it's, he thinks it's difficult. And I'm like, what? This is a lifetime movie type over here. We love the drama over here. But going to bed thinking someone murdered someone, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I couldn't do that either. Yeah, no. I um Marcus Mark has the mentality for that. I mean he's he's loves that area, he's gifted in that area, and that's his passion. And you know, he has a story of himself um that I won't tell today, but he has a story of himself that really relates to why that's his passion. The same way why family law is my passion and why employment litigation is my passion. I think sometimes you can look at things that happen in your past to kind of gear you or guide you to where should I be? Where's my calling in one particular area of the law? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can absolutely agree with that, Deidre. Um, yeah. So yeah. before we started recording, I had talked about my, my small business. So I grew up watching Food Network with my great grandma, baking with her, baking with my grandma, with my mom. I had a a teacher in high school when I was in her botany class and she would have culinary days. And uh, on one of those particular culinary days, she taught us how to make chocolate. And I was like, holy shit, I really like this. This is a lot of fun. And I started making it like, as soon as I graduated, I started, um, I guess, catering for um, private events that friends and family were having. Uh, I catered a couple meetings for the college that I went to, um, went to culinary school and wow. um, was like, that was just like my, my hobby. And, you know, all the while I was working these dead end jobs that I basically hated. Yeah. And um, over this past summer, I was like, you know, I think I want to turn this into an actual business. Um, I, I, I like doing it every so often, but I want to get to a point where I can do it every single day. And so that's, that's what I'm working towards. Um, I've been doing, um, farmers markets and small events here and there. Um, and I'm getting into a commercial kitchen now. Wonderful. Um, so I know it's, it's so, so exciting. Um, I, I'm waiting to hear about when the kitchen can be inspected and then, um, hopefully like once that's all inspected, I can get my, my permit and then I can get in the kitchen and, and start making a mess. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So you follow, you follow what has been in your heart as a child. And yes. I'm telling you, once you do that, your, your business is going to flourish because I always say, if you can do something that, uh, if you can do something in a career that you mm-hmm. like and you don't care if you get paid. Now listen, we've got to get paid. But if you don't, you don't oh, care yeah. if you get paid, <laughs> you enjoy it so much, mm-hmm. you are actually going down the right path on where your calling is at. Oh, absolutely. Um, when I was making uh, chocolates for the, the Christmas market that I did in December, um, I actually, I purchased a, a new plastic mold that it, it's all uh, snowflakes. And they are like beautiful, intricate designs. Like you would not believe that they're actually made out of chocolate. And like I popped the the first batch out of them and I was like, oh my gosh, these are so pretty. I can't believe this is my job. (laughs) Um, But like, it just, it made me so happy to to see those, the product of all the work and 
the knowledge and everything that has gone into making this business what it is and what it's becoming. Mm -hmm. And no other job has fulfilled me in that way. Absolutely. So I, I know that I'm doing the right thing. And yep. I just, I suffer from insomnia. So like yep. on nights that I can't sleep, I bake. Absolutely. Uh, like I, I come up with new recipes and I would show up to my classes or to my jobs and be like, here, I made these because I couldn't sleep last night. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. I think it is super important. And that's where I come from as well with wanting to study law and just be like, go more into this legal field. It's like, it's driven by passion. So. Oh, yeah, I think that at least as far as if you don't know specifically what you want to do or what you want to go into for people wanting to get into the legal profession or just finding a job, I think that you should be driven by what you're happy with and just passion overall. I think that you can't go wrong with that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. it's been amazing having you on Deidre and hearing your story. I know that I personally really needed um, that reminder to just keep going because it can get a little hard along the way, especially in this field. But yeah. there's a lot of work in um, um, in the legal profession. So it's just because it's you know I'm excited about it. I love what I do. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of research. But um, if you like Edie said, if you love what you do, you're gonna stick with it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because um, like going to farmers markets and stuff like that, it's it can be a massive pain. Because um, up until this point, I have been a home based vendor, so my my kitchen at home is very small. Um, it's not designed to have a lot of counter space, so that's always been like a bone of contention between me and my apartment it's I, I love the apartment I hate the kitchen um yeah. so it's been kind of hard for me to to want to get in there and and bake as much as I normally would just because I know it's going to be a massive hassle but um actually getting in there and like getting my hands dirty so to speak um it's rewarding in, in a way that I can't explain, like to see people come to my table and um, they're like, oh my gosh, they're like these, these are so cute. I love these, they're adorable. And then they're like, oh my God, these are, these are so good. I, it's just, it's so incredibly fulfilling and it makes all the crap that you go through, yep. makes it all worth it. Once oh, you get to that point and you're able to see the end result, you're like, oh my gosh, yes. Getting up at 5 a.m. and carrying all this crap to my car and then driving and then carrying it all to my spot, <laughs> worth it. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that as well, Edie. Yeah. Um, so now for this portion of the segment, we are going to get into the news. Um, if you want to stay on Deidre, feel free, but you're also free to hop off if you want to. I actually have something globally that I wanted to talk about. So there is a current conflict between Ukraine and Russia that um, may escalate to Russia invading Ukraine. Um, this conflict is it has historic roots because it's due to Russia wanting to absorb its old territory um, Ukraine, as they both were a part of the Soviet Union together, and um, this may result in 
the escalation of military action. As far as military involvement for the U.S., I don't think that there will be any, but there will definitely be economical support from the U.S. So the U.S. and the European countries do support the independence of Ukraine. So that's why they're okay. Involved. That that was going to be my question: is who are we throwing our support behind? <laughs> yeah, so that's so that's our involvement in this. Um, but I mean, as far as right now, and I'm like keeping up today. I'm Russian, so I hear actually from like both ends um, with my family listening to like Russian news, and then I'm also absorbing the news here. Um, but there are, as far as right now, current negotiations between the U.S. and Russia and everyone involved, and it's hoping to be resolved peacefully. So I guess we'll hope for that continuing. But yeah. yeah. Are you bilingual? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, my first language was Russian, actually. Wow, oh, that's really neat. Yes, well, it's I would say Russian is very, very hard to pick up on. So I'm very blessed that my family kind of like introduced me to it from the beginning because otherwise I think I would be so lost with learning it. Right. I remember a case that uh, Mark and I were, were working on together. I won't get into much details here, uh, but we had a thousands and thousands of documents that were in Russia. So wish you would have been the intern back then. We wouldn't have had to pay for it. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would have come in handy. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, it's so difficult even reading it too when you're picking up on it and just learning it fresh because the Cyrillic alphabet is so difficult. I bet it was so hard to like try to translate that document. We, we, we didn't think it was like a real document. It's just like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is Russian language here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't even imagine because, you know, I, I've seen Russian writing and things like that and it's just like what sound do I make for that <laughs> yeah um I I studied French for like all through high school and then I started teaching myself German uh once I graduated and um but I I was like oh Russian looks neat and then I opened it on Duolingo and I was like nope <laughs> Nope, I'm not touching it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's yeah. very intimidating, <laughs> but it's it very beautiful so when you hear it spoken. Well, thank you. I personally think it's very rough, but yeah, it is <laughs> It is beautiful. It can be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think German is beautiful. So I think German and Russian, they have, you know, not exactly the same, but they do have kind of the same sort of cadence at least to my ear maybe I'm yes that's true it's, ignorant, it's but... sort of the same intensity as well yeah and and I like that intensity um mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's just because I like messing with people but um mm -hmm. I like I I'm the only person in, in my family who speaks German um uh, mm -hmm. my my mother learned French she's always loved French anything to do with France um and my sister didn't take a language in high school but um you know I would just like go up to them and say something innocuous in German they're like what what did you just say to me <laughs> and so I I don't know I just I like pranking them and making them think I was saying something horrible but really I was just saying oh you look nice today or something well good for you for picking up on that language I know Thank it's you it's very hard to like start fresh so it 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 was um I in high school I dated uh, a boy who was taking German so I was kind of absorbing it along with him 
but I wasn't getting any credit for it. And then once I graduated high school, all the French just kind of went out of my head and was replaced with German. <laughs> and, um, I studied abroad in 2015 and I traveled to Germany with a group of students from um, my, my study abroad group. And I was the only one who spoke any German. So we landed in Nuremberg and they're like, wait, what do we do? Uh, wh what are we supposed to say? And I was like, just let me do it. <laughs> I, I had to get taxis for like 30 people. Um, and like people were asking me to translate for them all weekend. And I was like, just, just buy me beer. Like that'll be your, your payment. Just buy me beer. It's fine. <laughs> love it. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, and then I do actually have something on a national level to talk about as well. It's super cool, but Amazon is planning on opening its first clothing store in Glendale. So what? yeah, it's super cool. Wait, it's called here in Indiana, Glendale. Oh no, Glendale, California. Like, oh, okay. I was like, hey, damn, that's really <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. no California okay. that'll probably be in the works in like maybe 30 years but like yeah maybe, well, maybe. I mean, who knows we're so behind the times it'll probably be closer to 100 years but <laughs> but but yes Glendale California it will be specifically it'll be 30,000 square feet um, it's going to be a shop located in an upscale mall in Los Angeles. So it'll be a really cool concept because shoppers can essentially just scan a QR code for more information for sizing and product ratings. And um, just the, the materials will range from anywhere to high end and just all over the market. So it'll be super cool to have that. It's going to be called Amazon style. So I just thought that that was super wow. cool. I think that'll be interesting to see in execution uh -huh. because I mean, we already hear about how bad the warehouses are for Amazon. Mm -hmm. So I would hate to see that carry over. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think that's going to be interesting to see them put that together we're yeah. all up there and give our evaluation of it <laughs> yes definitely yeah they are looking for that um just broadening that customer base and it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out i know that they just bought whole foods and amazon is just expanding in yeah monthly. so it'll be really interesting to see this play out um, so then on a local level, I wanted to talk about something as well. There is this new controversial school bill coming out in Indiana. It's called the House Bill 1041 that Indiana lawmakers will hold a hearing on very soon, actually. So this bill essentially would restrict transgender girls from participating in school, in girls' school sports. Um, state representative... <laughs> State Representative Michelle Davis said that the purpose of this bill is to protect fair competition in girls' sports. Now, this, personally, I have my opinions. I'm not in support, but you know, it's, it is what it is. It's Indiana. I mean, I can't really expect. I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised just because it's Indiana. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, we are incredibly behind the times in a lot of 
spheres of the public life mm-hmm. and hatred of transgender people is unfortunately one of them and mm-hmm. i i don't understand why this is still an issue trans mm-hmm. women are women trans mm-hmm. men are men mm-hmm. and they shouldn't be excluded from participating in sport of their gender like i don't understand why this is a debate like i understand that it comes from them not truly understanding what it means to be a transgender person yeah but it still makes me angry because i feel like in 2022 people should know what being transgender means yeah you made a comment ellie can you define maybe for your audience what transgender means um yeah let me actually look up the definition so i'm not stating anything incorrectly people whose gender identity is different from the gender that they were thought um to be at birth so what they essentially are doing for this um local bill is they're just not allowing they're not allowing um trans girls so trans girls um to participate or just be more actively involved in girls school sports traditional girls school sports so yeah that doesn't make any sense like um, yes these individuals might have been assigned male at birth but they don't identify as that and they are transitioning or maybe have already transitioned and now they are women exactly I just feel that this is super disappointing because of all of the conversation that has been had about this topic throughout not just this year, but even in the past year. And I think, I don't know, I I just thought that the U.S. would be more open as far as like this conversation, but. Well, in some parts, absolutely. But in places like Indiana, I'm, I'm not shocked. I'm very disappointed, but I'm not shocked. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, I know it is disappointing, but I guess we'll hope to see how the outcome of this will be. Again, they are holding a hearing soon. So that hasn't exactly come up yet, but it is in the works. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, as far as any news, did either of you want to bring up anything or did you have anything to share? All I can really think of is uh, to talk about um, the, the farmer's market that my business is going to be at. Black Cat Confections um, is going to be at a gift market in Terre Haute, Indiana at the Meadows Shopping Center on Saturday, February 5th from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. I'm going to have uh, Valentine's themed chocolates. I'm making chocolate covered pretzels. Um, Might make something else, but I think I'm just going to stick with those two because they sold very well at the at the Christmas market. What is that going to happen? Saturday, February fifth. So this is and where is this at the farmers market? It's at the the Meadows Mall, which is in Terre Haute, Indiana. Okay, perfect. I know that we have a lot of local um, Saturday morning farmers markets um, in like downtown Indy as well. So that'll be yeah. I'm I'm hoping to be able to start doing the farmers market consistently. Um, 
I haven't been able to join. I've done like special events that they put on um, and then private markets that businesses put on. Um, and then the market that I'm going to be doing on the 5th, it's put on by a local business called the Lily Pad Boutique. They're calling it a gift market, not necessarily a farmer's market. So nice. Are you based in Indianapolis, Edie, or? No, ma'am, I'm based in Terre Haute. Oh, you're in Terre Haute, okay. We will also have that linked so anyone can check that out and we will definitely be sure to get some, get some support for you. That would be fantastic. Uh, the Facebook page is Black Cat Confections. Um, I have a website that's being built as we speak and um, I, I'm on Instagram now. Uh, well, the business is on Instagram now. It's uh, black underscore cat underscore confections. <laughs> okay. Perfect. That's a unique name. How did you come up with that name, Edie? Um, so the name was kind of inspired by my cat. Um, not the one who was on camera earlier. I have um, uh, an all black cat named Fergus. Um, he's very grumpy. Um and doesn't like people like when you first meet him he hates everybody um <laughs> but on the inside he's very soft and snuggly um and he came from a junkyard um so the the woman who initially took him in um, found him in the junkyard. Um, his mother and his littermates had already passed away. So he was very small, very frail and very sick. Um, and she, she had called my mom and she was like, you know, we, we're the crazy cat people. Um, so when people find a stray cat, they usually call us. And she had called my mom and she's like, I don't know what to do. I love this cat, but I can't afford to keep him. And if I take him to the shelter, he's probably going to get put down because nobody adopts black cats um, just because of that. Stereotype. This, this, this horrible conception that they're terrible and they're not like, he's definitely one of the weirdest cats that I've ever had, but he's also very sweet too. And I've had him for going on three years now. Um, and he never would have gotten that chance mm -hmm. if I hadn't taken the time to get to know him, to look behind the rough exterior. And I, I identify with being misunderstood and being the, the outsider. Um, my family, like my mom and I was just the two of us and we moved around a lot. So I was constantly um, starting at new schools, having to make new friends. And I was bullied. I was made fun of a lot because, oh, it's just this weird girl from Indiana. And not many people gave me that chance. They just looked at me and was like, oh, she's weird. I don't want to talk to her. Um, and so that really resonates with me. And I had had to rebrand the business because what I initially named it was already taken by something else. Oh. Um, and so I, I was trying to uh, think of what to name the business and Fergus jumped on my desk and I was like, oh, Black Cat, I like it, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, when you look at the, the logo for Black Cat, I, I did draw that myself. I was an art major in college. Um, oh. 
<laughs> and uh, it has the the outline of a black cat in it, and that black cat is Fergus. Wow, I love it. Nice. Good for, Good for you. Thank you. I love that inspiration from your cat as well. I actually, <laughs> cats are such emotionally intellectual animals. I like. They really are. They I just have pick up on anything. Yeah, they they really really can. Um, I have four cats total, and two of them act as emotional support animals for me. Cheshire, who was on camera earlier, um, he has he's very in tune with me. If I start to get angry or upset about something, he will come into the room and just get right in front of me and be like, "Okay, you you need to pet me," instead of focusing on being upset, uh, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much. It's been amazing having both of you on and actually talking about both of your different stories today. Um, so I would like to throw out that this segment and this whole podcast is sponsored by the Law Office of Mark Nicholson. And yeah, I hope that everyone has an amazing Saturday and weekend. Stay safe. Again, um, COVID rates are insane right now still. So just make sure to be extra safe, like wear your mask, all of that. So yeah, it's been amazing having you guys on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. It was. Thank you.